Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, if you could turn on a microphone and interview your children or two people that you love, niece, nephew, neighbor, whomever, and hear about them and why they are the way they are and who made them want to be the way they are and what they admire in others and how their experiences have been as young college students, would you do it? Well, I did. You're about to listen to an interview I had with Charlie and Grace this afternoon where we sat down and just had a conversation about the different things that they have overcome, learned, the people who have inspired them, and most importantly, what they're going to be when they grow up and why they're going to be what they are going to be when they grow up. So enjoy this conversation with Charlie and Grace Knightsky, two future educators, two history majors, and my favorite two people in our house. Oh, wait two of my three favorite people in my house. Sorry, Megan. All right, let's go. Are we ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So I'm joined today by two special guests here from my house. (laughs) They uh, flew all the way in from their rooms to uh, spend some time with me here on the Smart Thinking Podcast. And the reason I wanted to talk to Charlie and Grace here is because they are both uh, finished with their first semester of college. Charlie's uh, Charlie's first semester ended this week, and Gracie's first semester ended as well for this school year, not for their entire college career. And uh, we're going to see how this goes because I've got a bunch of questions for them to help us as uh, parents as teachers and as students here. So I'm going to start with you, Charlie. Could you introduce yourself, where you go to school, and what year you are? Um, Charlie, I am a senior. I go to school at St. Norbert College. Awesome. And Grace? Um, I'm Grace. I go to school at Loyola, Chicago. And I'm what? A freshman. I'm a freshman. (laughs) And uh, Charlie, what are you majoring in? History education, secondary history education, so hopefully middle school or high school teacher. All right, and Grace, what are you studying? Same exact thing. Awesome. So what is, uh, when you think about your um, start of your college career, Charlie and Grace, what are some things that you wish you had uh, learned more about in high school to prepare you for college? For me, at least, it has to do with um, the amount of writing I had to do in college compared to high school, but... I think it depends on where you go to school, so. Well, you think that also is your major? Like, did your... Well, yeah, because it was... In history, I only had... I've taken about probably 12 to 15 history classes. I've only had one class where I take tests in them. All the other ones have papers to write, so. You think that'll change how you teach? Mm, Depends on the curriculum, but I would like to do that to help prepare students, but... I don't know if it would be allowed. Do you think that your writing skills got stronger as you went through college? For sure. What are some things that you learned and grew as you went through school? Like with my writing or in yeah, general? with your writing. Um, fluency, more like, and vocabulary, for sure. Like mm-hmm. learning how to structure them and also researching. I learned a lot about that over the years and how to what to look up and yeah stuff like that 
and Grace, coming, you know, starting out with your freshman year here, what are what are some things that your were your big takeaways that you know did prepare you and you wish you would have more of as a coming out of high school? I would definitely say the same thing about uh, writing. I've never written obviously this much in my life, but I would have to say the opposite with Charlie. I do with my one history class. I have taken a lot of tests. So maybe it's just obviously the different schools, but I would just say prepping me more. I wish I had more writing, the amount of writing I did. I would definitely was prepped with writing, but not the amount. And I think I was good with tests. I was good with that amount. What What are some things that your professors had given you for feedback that helped you kind of grow as a writer or change as a writer? Um. Honestly, I just not really, I don't really look at the feedback. I just see the grade, to be honest. Hey, that's I'm being honest. I'm being <laughs> yeah, honest. That's fair. But that's fair. I definitely change stuff depending on the grade and go more in depth, stuff like that. But for the most part, I've done well. So, How about you, Grace? Um, I always look at the feedback. Um, but I don't know. I would just say it helps me. Like Charlie said, I look at the feedback and see what I need to change. She just looks at the grade, I guess. But... I definitely go to my next uh, assignment with all of those things, like 100% in my mind. Well, I think you're both representative of like normal students, right? Charlie, you look at the grade because it's done. Grace, you look at the feedback to see what you can change and and how to do that. Yeah, I feel like my mindset on it, though, is more like if I am okay with the grade, I don't need to look at it because I'm okay with the grade if I get it again. Yeah. You got to where you wanted exactly. to go. Exactly. I don't need to improve. What is one of what is one of the coolest things that you learned this year? Subject wise? Yeah. Or socially, if we want to talk about that with everybody. <laughs> um for me definitely I had the most I've talked to you about it before, but the most positive learning experience I had in college happened this year with my I had an independent study. And I got to, for two hours a week, I sat in one of my professor's offices and listened to him talk about um, Western civilization. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. What's that professor's name? Dr. Levano. Shout out. There you go. A little shout out. How about you, Grace? Um, I would just say, like, I've never been in, a, obviously, a college course. So the in-depth, my history class just blew my mind every day I was in it. But I would also say my uh, education course, how differently, just seeing how Charlie went through his education the past three years and seeing my first semester, like I was already in classrooms like the first week. I remember we talked about, that's obviously to like weed out who doesn't want to be there. So that was cool to actually just step in a classroom right away and all the big like excursions we did, like we would go see neighborhoods in Chicago to see what kids were living in and we would also go to museums and kind of study how those like each exhibit was set up for children which I just thought was amazing I never thought that in depth of museums before so now, I mean growing up in Port Washington Wisconsin you know north of Milwaukee a suburban type of city what what were some of your surprises when you got into classrooms in the Chicago schools uh I would just say all the different backgrounds of kids all over because it is such a big city it draws everyone from all over even different countries so it was so interesting to just be with kids from different backgrounds and 
diversities rather than small town in Wisconsin. And what did, how did, share with us, you know, potentially wanting to be a high school teacher, what did it feel like going into a high school as a college student, having just come out of high school? I literally just felt like one of them. (laughs) (laughs) It was no different, I would say. And, and now with the perspective, though, of trying to figure out, like, how to teach, is that shifted how you look at when you go into the schools? I would say. I'm obviously paying more attention on what the teacher's doing instead of my work in front of me because I'm studying the teacher now instead of my work. Did so. you see any teachers that, like, really impressed you or you thought to yourself, like, I want to be, I want to I do things like they did? Um, we were only in the classrooms for about like 20 to 30 minutes, so not too inspired, but they were all very good teachers. I remember being in one classroom that was for kids that were not on track with IB IB Mm -hmm. program. International baccalaureate programs. Yeah. So, um, that was cool. And then he explained to me and my partner who was paired with me in the room to go like observe him. And he was just talking about how these kids aren't like are so out of place they feel out of place because they're not in this high end like course these courses so he was a teacher that taught all these different classes for these kids not in IB so I thought that was very interesting he was pretty inspiring and Charlie you go to school in De Pere which is by Green Bay and when you were a sophomore and you had sophomore block like what were some of your big takeaways as a you know, an undergraduate student studying to be a teacher. What did you see and what did you think a lot about when you were in the back of those classrooms? Um, when I was like sophomore year, I was pretty, felt the same, in the same boat as Grace. I felt more of a peer and I felt worried about them seeing me as like not an authority figure, but someone that is aspiring to be like that. I don't know. That was difficult for me, but um, classroom management is something that was something like that stuck out to me a lot, which was interesting to see. So when you are, um, thinking back about your own education, both of you, like who, who are the people who inspired you to want to be a teacher? Shout out Brian Borley, B-O-B-H-S, <laughs> Mr. Borley, Mr. Borley from Port High School. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mr. O'Brien too, as well. Wanted me, uh, inspired me to hopefully become yeah. a coach someday too. Miss Zelinsky. Mrs. Zelinsky, yeah. yeah. Miss Makos. Miss Makos. How about you, Grace? Miss Thompson. Mrs. Thompson. Miss mm-hmm. Thompson. Yeah. So what 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 do these men and women teach? Because uh, you you both want to be history teachers, but I, I think it's important for people to recognize that these aren't all history teachers that you're talking about. Most of them were history, um, but some even math, our least favorite yeah. subject. Miss Thompson. Miss Thompson, math. She always approached the class as always a positive thing, even though she knew most people in there didn't enjoy it. And <laughs> yeah, she was always just a really open, loving person. I wouldn't say loving, but she she was, was loving. She always yeah yeah. Miss Thompson's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, um, Mr. O'Brien was a science teacher, but I never really had him as a teacher. But he was just always a nice person to be around, and always was nice to students, and was a positive influence on people. So. You both mentioned coaches, so Charlie, what was your sport in high school that you uh, you played? I played soccer, yeah. And Grace? Uh, tennis. And um, tell, tell us what are the qualities of your coach, uh, each of you, of your coaches that, you know, you put them on your list here just now of kind of your Mount Rushmore. So Grace, why don't you go first with Z? Um, I would just say 
she was like exactly wanted to, what I like wanted to be when I was older. She was a history teacher. She was young. She played tennis. She was my coach. For a lot, very much so, I was like a friend. So that was awesome to just have as a person in life. And then go into her, her classroom, and she was my teacher. So I had her all aspects of life. And what did she do with you to build that relationship so that you know you felt that you admired her and that she was somebody you wanted to be like? I don't. I don't know. She was just an awesome, awesome woman. I don't. She was a great history teacher, a great coach, very easy to be around, made me laugh. So she was funny. Yeah, all around good person. All around good person. And Charlie, what about Mr. O'Brien? Uh, I just think he's very and a very empathetic person. So that's something that stood out to me, and that's something I want to be. So yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so let's let's talk about uh, B squared here. Brian Borley. <laughs> so you both you both have this wonderful admiration for him, yet he is we're do, we're having this conversation, yeah, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the things about Mr. Borley? Like, you know, Charlie, he you and him go to the same college and you guys you, you, you both came home with these Borley stories all the time. So what what is it that helped him or what what did he do that helped you want to be a teacher? Uh I wouldn't say I always came home with stories about him, but well, I always talked. Yeah, I always sure did. Yeah, I always talked about him just in a positive way because, like Mr. O'Brien, he's uh, he cares like about his students and how they do and everything, and he's an empathetic guy as well. And yeah, always looking out for the for the like greater good of your the kids. So I really enjoyed that about him, and I obviously it's it's good because I like history and I like the way he taught and. I liked his uh, current issues class, which was always very interesting and fun. So I really enjoyed him. How about you, Grace? You always dominated in current history. Don't, don't say that. I already did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Same as Charlie, I would say. Just a good guy, funny guy. Yeah. And a pretty caring guy, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about Miss Makos, Charlie? Same thing. It's all about... I feel like that's the reason why I'm listed these people is because they're always um, open and always want the best for their kids and empathetic. They just are positive influences on so, uh, positive influences on their students, which is always great. Did any of your teachers encourage you to be teachers? No. I, don't think um, so. I would say me and uh, Z talked about it a lot, yeah, which was awesome. She really kind of showed what it is like and what it, the steps are to become one so it was pretty easy to help me decide that's pretty cool another thing i want to talk about uh charlie with you specifically is when you you know as you're closing out college now you were a student athlete in college talk to us about like what what the joys of that and the challenges of being a, a student athlete and a full-time college student and um, tell us what you played i played soccer Again, the joys of a student-athlete, I'd say it's all about the camaraderie between your teammates and the bonds you build with them, which is always, it's an, it's like irreplaceable or, I don't know what I'm trying, I'm not, I don't know the word I'm looking for, it's, you can't replicate it, really, and, because everyone's going through the same thing, everyone's got stuff going on, but for an hour, two hours a day, you can just relax and put it all aside and all do the thing you love so I really enjoyed that 
what was the other thing? And and what you know what were the challenges of being a student athlete? Because like I, I remember you. You know, we would FaceTime you when you're coming back from Minnesota or Michigan or Illinois, and you'd be on the bus for hours, and you'd be doing homework and those types of pieces. So what were some of the challenges to being a student-athlete? Uh, just the balancing act, obviously. Now that I'm not in it anymore, it's apparent that it was a lot more difficult. But in the moment, it, it's not hard to juggle it. It wasn't hard for me to juggle it all. So just like working on homework on the bus and late nights after practice, stuff like that, and just trying to balance it all, which after a year or two, it's not a difficult thing to do, but when you first get into it, it's it's hard to figure it out. What advice would you have to other young men or women who want to graduate from high school and be student-athletes? Uh, try to enjoy it, go with it with a positive mindset. You're there for a reason, like you're not gonna, you're good enough to be there, so believe in yourself that you're good enough to be there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, Grace, you going to school in an urban environment. Talk to us about that transition from going from, you know, a small town in Wisconsin to one of the largest cities in the world. What was that transition like for you? Um, I don't know. Pretty awesome, I would say. Just all the differences. Transportation, all that. But I know Loyola prides himself, and I definitely see it. Like, our campus... It is like a community in itself, so it doesn't feel like I'm in a big city unless I go down and seek it out. So it is very nice. Like, there's two different parts of it, so. I always tell people how uh, proud of both of you I am, and there's one thing that I always think is funny, because mom wouldn't even let you ride your bikes across the main street in Port Washington, and then you'll FaceTime us, like, on the train heading to Chinatown or something in Chicago, and it's just pretty awesome to, to see both of you so confident. All right, so Grace, in your first semester here, what are some of the things that you have learned about in your educational preparation classes? Uh, rather than like going out to actual classrooms and museums and neighborhoods, which was very cool, we mostly based our, and we had a textbook all about it, was kind of the psychology of schools and classrooms and kids and families and their neighborhoods and communities. So that was really cool. Just all the theories and what goes on, how every little thing of like the world affects these children so pretty cool and then how to teach them in any aspect yeah and how to differentiate through diversity as well as whatever life events are taking place for them mm -hmm. that's very that, that had to be a lot of interesting stuff for you very much anything that you reflected on in there about like you as a kid that would have that if you would have known that psychology when you were younger, yes. would have shifted for you? Like what? A lot of, um, I would just say, and a lot of kids in my class too, like we didn't know like, oh, we were the special kids that had to go into another room to get special help with reading. Like all of my classmates were like the same boat as me in that. And I didn't know I was a, that was a part of the classroom. I just thought I was, oh, I was being pulled out. So. Yeah, when you were younger in, in elementary school and you got reading support to kind of close those gaps for you. Yeah, and I didn't know that was a big thing. So. And now the two of you, because your history majors have to read so much and write so much, it's it probably would have shocked third grade Charlie and Grace to know that you'd be reading such high-level content. And I had to read primary sources. Primary. <laughs> there was a significant eye roll yeah. right there <laughs> you couldn't see on the podcast. All right, so next what I wanted to ask you about was you, you both grew up in a home of educators. 
Um, how would you describe your mom to other people based upon how you've watched her over the course of your lives as a teacher? I would just say very strong, very strong, uh, patient woman, obviously bringing, and I taught, I remember writing about this in like my ed essays to this semester, just how much baggage you have to come home with like mm. every day, either that being homework to grade and these children's problems that you're obviously concerned and thinking about. So I would just say mom's a very strong woman who's always impressed me. So look up to her every day. How about you, Char? I feel the same way as I feel about those people that I said, like listed before the teachers, just a positive influence because some of the kids she teaches don't have that at home. So she provides that for people and she's empathetic, like I said, like all good teachers are. So, Do you guys think it's weird when we run into her students? No. No, I think it's fun. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And when you think of mom and all of the stuff she does, you see how much she grades, you see how much she preps, you hear her stories. Why do you still want to be teachers? Just the joy it brings her at the end of the day, I would say. All these kids. And the joy it brings to the kids, too. When we go to the classrooms once in a while, how excited they get just to be with her and Shelby, I would say. Yeah, her and your mom. Even when she calls herself old and out of touch, like I would say she's probably one of the favorites in there. I would agree, yeah. Anything you've ever seen your mom do as a teacher that you think I'm going to do when I'm a teacher? I would just say having fun in the classroom with those kids. Yeah, try to make it interesting. She cares so much about them all, which everyone tries, every teacher strives to do. I would assume every teacher strives to do. And all the stuff she does, like buying all these notebooks and folders for them because mm-hmm. they, she knows that they won't have them, stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah, mom's classic trips to Target. Yeah. yeah. Including yeah. 400 notebooks mm-hmm. and 400 folders, yeah. And 300 pounds of candy and all of those other things. Yeah, cookies. Yeah. Yeah, I would say you, if, if people don't know this, that she's probably one of the most giving, generous people mm-hmm. on top of all those wonderful things that you described her as. So I want to switch topics here a little bit to something that everyone talks about with your generation. And that is that the Gen, Gen Z kids, young men and women like you, uh, who have gone through so many different things, literally, and both of you as history majors, you know, between world conflict and pandemics and financial collapses, one of the things that people say about your generation is that you're the most stressed out and anxious generation that there is. How would you two, how would you, they are giving each other the thumbs up right now. They, how would you two describe uh, how you deal with that anxiety that's so prevalent in your generation. And I wanted to start with Charlie. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. No, it's, not a, it's not something I cope with very easily. But it's not like I shut down or anything. But just kind of go along with it. I don't really have a really good coping mechanism. But I don't know. I like to listen to music. Calming music. Not even calming music, but. When I'm stressed out sometimes, sometimes it's good to take a little walk. Or I always like to exercise, too. It's a good way to relieve anxiety and stress for me. So that's really what I do. But, yeah. 
And, you, and what, what are some things for both of you that kind of trigger you to get anxious and nervous? It's kind of ironic, but talking in front of people. So, yeah, um, hopefully the student teaching helps me out, but I always get, in the past when I've taught lessons in classes, I've been pretty anxious, so I just need more experience with that, I think, and then it'll be better, but right now it's difficult for me. I think everybody who starts out in education goes in there with that a very similar piece, and the, it compounds when you worry about it, obviously, which is normal. But once you have a few successes, you start to see, you know, how not easy it is, but how it can just come from within you over time. Yeah. I feel like most of the time I've been, I've done it too, is with uh, like one of my supervisors in the back, which isn't always great. It's always a lot more stressful because you want to be doing well. And yeah. And, and there's yeah, another adult and, staring at you and it's graded. And they like determine if you pass into the next, like if you're good enough, not even good enough, but if you're ready to go on to the next step of the education program. So, yeah. What advice would you give to younger, like high school students who are going to go to college about dealing with the stress or anxiety of being a college student, Charlie? Find good people to be around. I don't know. It's always a good, just find good distractions because I don't know, me and my buddies are, it's always nice just to go in the living room and distract myself and escape from stuff that's going on and, Hang out with, shout out Joey Dwyer. Little Hang Joe Dwyer action there, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So when you get in your head like that, and, and either of you can answer this question, like you, you, music, exercise, other people, positive distractions, is there any other little tricks that you have that you would tell younger people going to college to try to use so that they can kind of navigate through that? I don't really know. I'm kind of a, I would say I'm a relaxed person. So I don't really have too much to cope with. You get kind of hyper, though, when you get nervous, right? Well, I would say if something big's coming up, like a test, obviously finals were just there. I was shutting down. But um, I don't – just relaxing, I would say, really helps me the most. Would you describe – even both of you, ready? I'm going to ask you a series of questions here. Would you describe yourself as optimistic or pessimistic? Optimistic. I'd say I'm optimistic as well. Would you say that you're proactive or reactive? Meaning Um, do you get your stuff done earlier or do you get it done on time? Reactive, 100%. Proactive. I'm reactive, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that I think all parents (laughs) deal with this is that watching the two of you is so interesting because, Charlie, you will will be like, I have this due in an hour. And Uh, Grace, Grace, that's... Okay, yeah, yeah, a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. There you this go. is due tomorrow. Yeah. And Grace will say, I've finished this. It's due next week. And you both stress similarly about it. It's just how you see those I've things. I've gotten better me. with it, though. Well, I think you've gotten way four, better four with years, it. My four years. Yeah, I will. Definitely over your four years. Okay, you two. So one, a couple more questions here. What do you envision it being like when you become a teacher? Um, for me, I'd say it's going to be... Stressful at first from what I've heard and got to be a lot. I feel like early it's going to be a lot more like meticulous stuff, little stuff like planning everything out to the T and being very precise. But hopefully over the years I'll be able to learn and grow and be more adaptable. But at the beginning, I feel like it'll be more very planned out, stuff like that. Yeah. Very scripted. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Grace? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing the same. I feel like I'm pretty far out from that, even though it's only a few years. It feels pretty far away. And do you guys think about like where you'd want to teach? Like what type of a community or high school size or middle school size? Do you ever like envision? I mean, Charlie, you're student teaching in four weeks. And you're going to be in a middle-sized community. I mean, where, where do you I think, think you'd like to end up? I think what I want to do. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to do anything too small like what we, the schools we were at when we were younger. I wouldn't want to do that for sure. But um, I, I would enjoy the middle-sized stuff like where we went to high school, something like that, even if not a little bigger than Port. Yeah. How about you, Grace? Yeah, probably the same. And... When you guys think about um, becoming teachers, do you have any wonderings that you ever think about? Like, I wonder what this is going to be like or a question you've always had about becoming an educator? I feel like mom answers all those questions. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Are there any that you've asked her recently? Not recently. I don't think so. Do you have any, Charlie? Not really. I'm more... I guess for me it's more about like how... Stuff in, like, your, I don't really, team, I guess that's what mom always calls it, but, like, your department, how that stuff works with the people that you teach with and sharing of material, stuff like that. That's what I wonder about, but. Yeah, my hope for both of you is that you get to work with really good people on your teams who are both optimistic, but then are also very collaborative and willing to share stuff. I think that's where young teachers have a huge advantage when they have a mentor who does, you know, who steps into those different pieces with you. Okay, couple more. Um, what is your biggest worry when you go when you when you think about going into education? Um, I would just I would probably say how the uh, the students see me, maybe if they like me or what I'm teaching or if they're interested. I would yeah. say that's a huge concern. That's fair. Relationships with the students. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Mm, for me, it's probably like classroom management with the, like being able to be an authority figure, be seen as an authority figure. I don't know. Having respect and relationships. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I can. I'm pretty good at making relationships. I feel like I've been um, successful with that in both of the like placements I've gone to in my sophomore and junior block, but more about being able to relay the content as well in a way that they would understand too and hopefully being seen as looking old not looking so young <laughs> i think anyone who's listening to this who's a little older is going to say hold on to that because it's a pretty awesome time period when you're the cool young teachers mm-hmm. what does it mean to be buffalo <laughs> <laughs> Charge into the storm, yeah. man. I don't know. Oh, Face your challenges. The nonverbals are just dripping with sarcasm in the, around this table right yeah. now. But when you do, if you were to describe it to other people as a college student, how would you describe needing those skills as a college student? Don't be reactive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go at your challenges yeah. with everything you got. I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever applied that thinking? Not, I guess recently, I, I don't know if I want to talk about it, but like what I had to do for my student teaching, I took a lot of responsibility in that. And Yeah, I yeah. think you did. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were some nice. challenges there. There was a, a, I think it's safe to say there was some paperwork that got a little mixed up and you might have got lost in the shuffle. And Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a pretty cool moment for you. You stepped right into it. So, Grace, when you think about uh, charging into storms this past year, like what is an example for you of uh, being Buffalo? I would definitely uh, say like just being down there, going from, I don't know, I wouldn't say like small town, but just going to a huge city and living in it and knowing nobody there (laughs) except my uncle Tom across the sidewalk. But um, I would just, that's pretty huge. I would say any, any college kid, I'm not saying I'm, this is the hugest, biggest step anyone's ever taken, but pretty big in my life to go down to a huge city. Yeah, I would say so. And have a great and successful year for Mm -hmm. both of you. Okay. So when you think of like uh, your friends and the different experiences that you've had over the course of Charlie, your four years in college and Gracie, your first half of year in college, how do you describe us to them? Like, how do you describe like our family to other people? Um, I don't know. First thing that came to mind was kind of fast pace. We're all over. Humorous. Not in a bad way. Yeah, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. Um, humorous, always optimistic, I would say. And anytime I'm FaceTiming you guys and friends are in the room, they always seem to have a smile on their face. So. What about you and your guys, Charlie? I, I don't know. There's nothing really different from what Grace says, but everyone, everyone likes you and Mom, obviously, and you guys are always nice to everyone, so. How do you think mom and I describe you two? Gracie, how would Couldn't you think we describe Charlie? Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually very true for us. What? It's very true for us. Oh, that no, was your, oh. we, That one Charlie said. Yeah, amazing, incredible, show-stopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you two taking some time to talk to me a little bit about, like, what college is like, how you've dealt with anxiety, why you want to be a teacher, and who those people are who inspired you. Because I think one of the pieces that... Um, and I know you once in a while sneak in an episode of the Smart Thinking Podcast, but there is a theme here that we always talk about, which is that every day you have the ability to change the direction of other people. And you pointing out those people who set you in the right direction is something that I think a lot of people need to hear because this is the time of year for teachers and, and leaders where it gets a little tough here once the holiday season ends And we go into the second half of the year because a lot of kids start to really test boundaries because they're nervous or they're worried. And sometimes some of us forget uh, that we have such great impact on everybody. So I really appreciate you two sitting here in our bedroom uh, talking to me on the Smart Thinking Podcast. So thank you. Thank Thank you. you. It's my pleasure. Do, 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 do. So let's do some smart thinking. When you reflect upon my conversation with my kids, what are some takeaways that you have about young college students? Describe how you can impact other people by being just the best version of yourself, like the teachers that my children described. Enlist the people around you that need to hear from you why you appreciate them. That's it. 
That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening, especially to this episode with me, Charlie and Grace, giggling through it, laughing through it, and banging on the table. But most importantly, I really appreciate you and what you do every single day as a leader for other people. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music. I love this Beatles cover, and that's why we included it, because the Beatles are our family's favorite band. One of many, actually. All right. As we close out here, I just want to leave you with one last reflection. Are you curious with those that you love? Those that are around you? I mean, I wish you could have watched this podcast because the amount of eye connecting between my son and daughter to make sure that it was safe to answer the question or the ways in which they affirmed each other's answers, it was just very endearing and powerful for me as their dad. But most importantly, my favorite part of the whole conversation was just hearing the different ways in which that they have grown as my kids. And my absolute favorite part was how they described their mother. So this winter break, take some time to make sure to share with those around you what it is about them that you love, that you like, and affirm for them all of the different ways in which they make a difference in your life. And if any of those teachers that my children described are listening, just know that their mother and I cannot be more grateful that our children stepped into your herd and you helped them through all of their storms of life. Close your eyes
Thanks, Dad. That was good. Yeah, I thanks. It. All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys.